Welcome to Truman's Matrix. A podcast built around the craziest headlines around the world. A production of Digging Deeper Media, owned by Hale Multimedia. Where you don't know who's watching who, or who's controlling you. All right, Biden kept his promise, and the crack pipes are in. <laughs> Biden comes through, man. No way. I watched a video, man. No, I'm serious. There's a video. It's proven. It has been delivered. Biden kept his promise, and the crack pipes are in. Did you get your packet? I did not, no. How do you qualify for one of these packets? I. This guy said he went to the Catholic Church to pick his up. Okay. Weird, huh? All right. Let's listen in to this guy. He's going to tell us about the promise that has been delivered upon. <laughs> Here we go. Crack pipes. Biden's promises. Here we go. So every crack. Tuesday and Friday in yeah. Hollywood, um, they have a Catholic church that gives this stuff out. Um, this is where we live in at, y'all. And this is what the government's doing. Uh, Joe Biden said he spent $60 million on paraphernalia for drugs. And this is what it looks like. It says being alive. This is a meth pipe. Yep. Right here with this bubble thing. I guess you put the meth in there. Mm -hmm. This is a crack pipe. Yep. Okay. These are all instructions on how to overdose treatment and education. These are. This is the needle in here. I'm not going to open this. So I'm scared. That's I'm, for heroin. Yes, for heroin. It has the alcohol That's pads a real and stuff. Needle? It's yeah. a needle in there. Oh my god. And um, these things are like a, a black and mild filter that you put on the crack pipe so you don't think no one's saliva, so you don't get sick, and you can do your drugs. And, so, this is so they like it. it so they like if you're gonna do drugs, we're gonna give it to you so that you can do it the proper way without getting sick. Because we're, we're not, because we're not stopping drugs. it. We're not, we're not gonna stop it. Exactly. This is letting you know that it's gonna be here. This is what they do. This is like the end of humanity. Right. All right. This is Truman's Matrix. The end of humanity. And what do we mean by that? We are one of the last generations of Homo sapiens, according to. Um, Noah Harari, uh, Yuval Noah Harari. <laughs> From you, Yuval Noah Harari. Right, that okay, guy. Okay, <laughs> got it. All right, got it. He said this in when? In nineteen or nineteen eighteen. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably did. This is live, guys. Just okay. live with it. Yeah, right. So, um, in two thousand eighteen. Um, at the World Economic Forum. There's that word again. I know, right? Uh, we can we can see all sorts of futuristic things happening if we just go back to... <laughs> 2001, when they started this with the NASA documents. Right? So um, this clip has resurfaced yet again from Yuval Harari speaking about <laughs> the human data and the power behind it and how humanity being contained in its human form... Maybe a thing of the past. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. I listened to this guy and I started tearing up because it... It, it feels like Satan. It is Satan. It when is he, Satan speaking through this man. It just broke my heart. Yeah. He was saying things that are absolutely blasphemous. Yes. Just completely against everything God stands for. Yes. Completely saying saying that um, intelligent design 
<laughs> is our design. It's not from some imaginary god. Oh my gosh, we this can poor guy. make our own intelligent design, he says. I don't know. God wants Yuval, just like he wants everybody. He, he wants him to come to him, but it's so hard as a human, you know, in our human mind to see when people speak this evil, how they could ever turn away from that evil and come to God. I pray for this guy, man, because it breaks my heart. He has no clue. Yeah. The power that he is. Absolutely clueless. And the free will is what got me. This is just incredible what he says about free will. Eventually, the goal is this transformation to... Transhumanism, Transhumanism is that you will no longer need or have free will. You, You don't need to worry about your choices. The algorithm will choose for you. Mm-hmm. And you'll be programmed right, in a certain way, including your gender, ethnicity, sexual Sex- preferences. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you won't have a choice. So you'll need to listen to that. We'll be hacked. Yeah, we'll be hacked. We, we are hackable animals. Right. He says. So let's listen to it. We are probably one of the last generations of Homo sapiens. Because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. Now, how exactly will the future masters of the planet look like? This will be decided by the people who own the data. Now, why is data so important? It's important because we've reached the point when we can hack not just computers, we can hack human beings and other organisms. Now, what do you need in order to hack a human being? You need two things. You need a lot of computing power, and you need a lot of data, especially biometric data. But control of data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. All of life, for four billion years, dinosaurs, amoebas, tomatoes, humans, all of life was subject to the laws of natural selection and to the laws of organic biochemistry. But this is now about to change. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. And at the same time, science may enable life after being confined for four billion years to the limited realm of organic compounds, science may enable life to break out into the inorganic realm. Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election, or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will, that's over. 
That's over. Over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste because a crisis is an opportunity to also do good reforms that in normal times people will never agree to. But in a crisis, you see we have no chance. So, 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 so let's do it. vaccine won't help us go the to the test, of course. The vaccine will help <laughs> us, of course. It will make things you know, more manageable. Surveillance, people could look back in 100 years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the 21st century, is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it, and understand people better than they understand themselves. This. I believe, is maybe the most important event of the 21st century. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. Natural selection is replaced by intelligent design. The era of inorganic life is now beginning. In the coming decades, AI and biotechnology will give us godlike abilities to re-engineer life, and even to create completely new life forms. We are about to enter a new era of inorganic life shaped by intelligent design. Our intelligent design. This danger can be stated in the form of a simple equation, which I think might be the defining equation of life in the 21st century. B times C times D equals R. Which means biological knowledge multiplied by computing power multiplied by data equals the ability to hack humans. R. If you know enough biology and you have enough computing power and data, you can hack my body and my brain and my life and you can understand me better than I understand myself. You can know my personality type, my political views, my sexual preferences, my mental weaknesses, my deepest fears and hopes. You know more about me than I know about myself. And you can do that not just to me, but to everyone. A system that understands us better than we understand ourselves can predict our feelings and decisions, can manipulate our feelings and decisions, and can ultimately make decisions for us. Now, in the past, many tyrants and governments wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough, and nobody had enough computing power and data to hack millions of people. Neither the Gestapo nor the KGB could do it. But soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls.
All right, who's had a DNA test, one of those 23andMe or uh, Ancestry things done? I haven't, but I know a lot of people have. I decided not to also for some reason, even though someone in the family offered to do a free one, you know, as a gift. I hesitated. So what in the world would be the problem with those kind of tests? Well, you know, China's trying to buy everything up in this country, right? Yeah. And we've already talked about the land and mm-hmm. and how they own lots of the infrastructure infrastructure and, and all that kind of stuff, money. right? Yeah, they own everything. Right. Well, Chinese military has been linked to gathering American DNA through a firm that provides COVID tests. This was a report by The Wide Angle with Brendan Fallon. In 1936, Nazi Germany, already gaining world notoriety for its authoritarian, xenophobic culture, hosted the Summer Olympics, 1936. Mm -hmm. Some 85 years later, the despotic Chinese Communist Party, with its doctrine of unrestricted warfare against America and the Western world, is charged with hosting the Winter Olympics. Oh, lucky them. Recently, a CCP-linked company sought ownership of a fertility clinic located within driving distance of six American military bases, a place many U.S. soldiers and spouses would likely get fertility, paternity testing, etc. Fallon asked Dr. Antonio Grossifo what the CCP would do with the DNA of American soldiers. Hmm. Let's listen in. ...of the Chinese Communist Party, they haven't really kept it secret. They have this, this strategy of unrestricted warfare. Specifically, it was a um, fertility clinic, which was located within reasonable driving distance of six American military bases. So the idea was probably the CCP wants to own this fertility clinic, and then all the soldiers, and you know, they're married and whatever, they're coming there for fertility or for um, fraternity testing and things like that. Right. So, um, so, they, so they, they want to collect the DNA of, of, of America's soldiers. What purpose specifically would they have in mind, do you think, for that? report that you recently wrote about the Chinese Communist Party investing in a lot of genetic companies in America, like medical research firms. And what do you think is going on here? Why are these companies investing so heavily in in these biomedical institutions in America? Well, China has a massive AI system, and they also have something called the National National Gene Bank, believe it or not. And they are just compiling... uh, uh, with AI, artificial intelligence, they're, they're compiling um, images of people and then they're compiling data and they have the, the genetics and they're making this, this massive AI system that would be able to identify anyone from anything, from, from a photo or from a hair follicle or, or from whatever. They can tell what, what race you are, where you come from, whatever. Um, they're using it, this parallel to their super soldier program, that they're trying to figure out ways to actually genetically enhance Chinese soldiers. They are doing work with them. Um, last year, the uh, China and India fought a number of skirmishes you know, up in the highlands. And so altitude sickness is one of the things that they want to deal with. And so they're actually experimenting with, I don't know, Tibetans and Indians and things like that to figure out what genetically, why they don't get altitude sickness and Chinese soldiers do. And then they want to enhance the... So the, the idea is to, to somehow transplant that, that genetic quality to, to Chinese people, to the, to the Chinese soldiers? That's one of them, yeah. This is, this is really something out of a, a sci-fi movie, right? It's right out of a sci-fi movie. And then the other, the other side of this is then you can develop bioweapons that um, experts in the U.S. are afraid that China would be able to develop bioweapons that would specifically prey on 
genetic weaknesses in other cultures. So there's been a pandemic last, you know, two years, and, and we know that one of the predicators of who gets very sick or who dies is, is if you're obese. And the U.S., of course, one of the most obese countries. And if you look at the statistics on, the, on the, the percentage of people who died, you know, it's very high in the United States compared to a lot of, lot of Asia. So that would be an example of, of a disease that can, can play on. And I'm not saying that that means that it was genetically uh, or that they made it in a lab. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that would be an example of a disease that would be more effective against certain types of people, right? So if you had a disease that could kill more obese people, well, then maybe that's what you would target, you know, at the United States. It's really a diabolical concept. Can you give some examples of where this is happening, like which institutions they're targeting or which, which industries are specifically being targeted within, within this um, kind of medical, biomedical sphere? Sure. There's a company called uh, Beijing uh, Genometrics, B- BGI. And um, this company, uh, they changed their name recently because they were getting a lot of bad press, but this company basically has ties to the PLA, ties to the Chinese government. They are very big with this gene bank project that's going on in China. And they also have coronavirus testing. They make the kits and they also do the lab testing. And uh, they were exporting kits all over the world. Now, if you use a kit from China, I can't imagine China can get your information, but whoever does the processing can. So they were also investing in um, in like coronavirus testing centers. They were investing in um, fertility there's another one, fertility clinics, mm. that the ultimately the CCP or the PLA through a company, right, because it wouldn't be a direct investment of CCP, but through them they would invest in an American fertility clinic, for example, or a medical testing clinic, and everybody, uh, oh, DNA, uh, people, Americans will send their saliva to these companies and they'll test to find out, you know, who your ancestors were. Right. right? The two leading companies are both uh, Chinese-owned. This is, this is very disturbing. It's, this is very concerning and... We, we basically know the motivations of the Chinese Communist Party. They haven't really kept it secret. They have this, this strategy of unrestricted warfare. So I wonder how this is happening. How is it that they're able, actually able to invest in, in American biomedical companies, um, genetic companies to this extent? Well, we have uh, CFIS, which is the uh, organization of the American government that protects America from foreign investments that might be damaging to national security. This organization did not have a lot of power, uh, but then under Donald Trump, uh, the powers of CFIUS were expanded, and they began halting some very high-profile deals. Uh, but there was one, one case in particular where specifically it was a um, fertility clinic, which was located within reasonable driving distance of six American military bases. So the idea was probably the CCP wants to own this fertility clinic and then all the soldiers, and you know, they're married and whatever, they're coming there for fertility or for um, paternity testing and things like that. Right. So, um, so, they, so they, they want to collect the DNA of, of, of America's soldiers. Well, they could make specifically targeted bioweapons. So Cepheus blocked that, that acquisition, actually. Right. So before, let's say, I don't know, a few years ago, um, Cepheus had a certain mandate, but it did not include biofarm. And not that they couldn't. I don't think they were specifically that they couldn't, but I think that we had never thought of it before. So it wasn't on the list. You know, obvious things like weapons and communications and certain things that, that, that Cepheus would investigate and then block acquisitions by foreign governments if they felt it was a threat to national security. But they've now expanded their mandate to biofarm, biofarm, biotech industries. Okay. So, that, I mean, that's, I guess that's one sign of hope. 
Um, but amid many disappointments that I've observed, like what's called the China Bill or the um, America Competes Act that I understand has just been passed in the House. And I, I need to confirm, but I understand there's a number of provisions that were aimed at stopping some of the aggressive actions from the Chinese Communist Party, like the, the intellectual property theft. There was a, a provision in there to, to originally cap the number of STEM PhD students coming from China to study in America as a way to, to curb the intellectual property theft. But I know they were talking about like dumping that, that provision. The Democratic Party was, was talking about doing that. So I just kind of wonder, are we doing enough? You know, it seems in a lot of way, ways we can't really depend on government to, to do anything significant here or, or corporations. We're definitely not doing enough. I mean, because all these, for every investigation that goes to fruition and then they block the deal, there's thousands of deals that they never even investigate or they don't block. And, you know, Trump wanted to block Huawei. He wanted to block all Huawei. Uh, Biden undid the block. And now I've read recently that the SEC is going to spend billions of dollars to remove all the Huawei equipment from their their chain because of the hacking risk. So these risks are there. We definitely our government's moving in the right direction. I mean, even under the Biden administration, they're expanding the power of CPS and they are blocking deals and they're blacklisting, blacklisted another, I believe, 35 companies, which is great. But it's, it's like a spit in the ocean. You know, it's this, this tidal wave from the CCP of, of investment and acquisition. And they've got so much of our data already. And these, these home uh, uh, coronavirus tests that they are sending out right now from the White House, uh, I believe $1.3 billion worth of those tests were purchased from a Chinese firm. Wow. So, and again, the firm that makes the test can't actually steal your DNA. It's the... It's the firm that does the testing, that does the actual, the, the, the lab that does the processing. Right. But should we really be financing uh, uh, Chinese firms? Because the same firm that's selling coronavirus tests does all these other things that we're talking about. And they use, they'll use that $1.3 billion to buy a fertility clinic in the United States, you know, and get everybody's DNA. I'm reminded of the, you know, before we were talking about the situation with the Olympics, um, people have made the reference to the, the Berlin 1936 Olympics. It was obvious that there was a very authoritarian regime setting in in Germany. Um, people around the world, governments around the world had concerns, but still the, that, that Olympics went ahead. I would never want to defend uh, putting the Olympics in Berlin in 1936, but I will say that as bad as Hitler was, in 1936 he wasn't Hitler yet. Uh, you know, he hadn't invaded Poland yet. You know, if they'd started... Um, concentration camps and things that you know, the world didn't know about it. But with China, we know that they have the concentration camps. We know that they're committing genocide. We know that they've taken land that doesn't belong to them. We know that they're about, they want to invade Taiwan. You know, they're fighting skirmishes with India. You know, India's, India's you know, getting closer to being our ally now, you know, a closer ally now. And um, why are we not outraged by China violating Indian territory. Why are we not outraged? I understand that we have the, the, the Armed Ta- Taiwan Act, and that's wonderful. But why are we not outraged about this? And how are we allowing genocide to happen? And there's genocide happening in Xinjiang. We have concentration camps. We have all the things that would have been... This is basically Hitler in 1939. This is Hitler in 1940. Right? We didn't let Hitler have the Olympics in 1940. You know, And I just don't understand why we're allowing China to have the Olympics now. There's no doubt that these are dire circumstances with the national security threat that China poses to America and really many countries around the world. But people are generally more aware of the situation. And I think to some degree the action, the limited action that is being taken 
it's a consequence of being, people being more aware and, and governments having to act. Yeah, I hope. I hope. It, it does seem that the soft power angle is not working for China, that most of the world knows that they're evil, they, or rather that CCP is evil, that they're not buying into this benevolent, uh, you know, uh, the, the Belt and Road and all this is not, not an act of benevolence. So, I mean, hopefully this is, as you said, now it's out in the open. It's one more example of, look, these people are not our friends, but I still don't understand. How, and every media, and unlike other issues that you and I discuss, you know, privately, like this is an issue where every media is reporting it the same way. They're saying, this is really bad. Why are we doing this? So how do you have all the media saying, this is really bad. How are we doing this? Everybody I know is saying that the, the, the viewership of the Olympics is, is you know, a fraction of what it normally is, and yet we're moving forward with it. Antonio, it's been a pleasure once again to have you on the show, and um, I really appreciate your, your insights on this topic. Thank you, Brendan. It's good to be here. What are these scientists trying to do? Play God with our genetic code? Craig Venter spoke at the World Government Summit about digitizing life. These people are insane, Mom. Did you know Venter was an associate of Jeffrey Epstein? Yes, Epstein rubbed elbows with a lot of elite scientists and technologists. Old Jeff was into transhumanism, too, merging humans with tech. He is in the middle of all this. When's the last time you heard any big journalist bring him up? COVID-19 has caused many to forget. So when we first started reading the genetic code... Uh, we call it digitizing life. It's converting the four-letter code into ones and zeros in the computer. And we did this first in 1995 with the very first genome. Uh, and there are fundamental questions of does DNA contain all the necessary information for life? So we decided to go the other way and start with the uh, ones and zeros and see if we could recapitulate life by doing that. So uh, we used some of the information from the first genome, but we had to learn how to actually write the genetic code. Uh, we did this uh, first with a small virus uh, that infects E. coli. And uh, the virus, uh, was about 5,000 base pairs long. We made it chemically. We injected it into E. coli. And uh, this was the actual, the first experiment of what happened. Uh, e. coli read this synthetic piece of DNA, like normal DNA, started making proteins. The protein self-assembled and made the virus, uh, and the virus killed the cells. So we call this a situation where the software builds its own hardware. We wrote a piece of chemical code, put it in a bacteria, and it made a virus. So our goal wasn't to make a virus, it was to make an entire cell, uh, one base pair at a time. Uh, this took much longer than we thought it would, uh, but over that time, uh, we developed a wide range of technologies that enabled us to actually write the genetic code very effectively. So the chemistry was one side, the biology was another. And we had to develop a way to boot up now this total synthetic chromosome that we had made. And that's going to do it for this edition of Truman's Matrix. 
a podcast built around the craziest headlines around the world. A production of Digging Deeper Media, owned by Hale Multimedia. You can find Digging Deeper with Brian Hale on your favorite podcast network, or visit all of our podcasts under one roof at diggingdeeper.us. And one more thing. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.